Hello and welcome to a Sideways Life podcast. I'm Al. I'm Leanne. We're married. Yeah, still married. <laughs> I think we've covered this before. I think most people <laughs> should know now that we're married. You can probably tell by the way we talk to each other. Um, talking of talking to people, who are we talking to this week, Leah? Well, this week I am talking to uh, Patrick off of Dallas, Texas, who now lives in South Korea, um, known as XPatPat on Instagram, the YouTube, um, and TikTok. It is, it is a great name, isn't it? XPatPat. Um, so yeah, so we, we chatted a few weeks ago now um, about about life and work and expatting. Is that the official Expatery, name for I it? think. Expatery. I think you. that's it. Um, but yeah, it was really great. It, it's it's maybe a little bit more serious than some of the conversations we've had before. We talk very openly about um, the. I guess the downside of being an expat in terms of building your friendship networks, again, loneliness. We talk a lot about mental health um, and how that's perceived in, in other countries and how, how to manage that as an expat. Um, so, yeah, it gets a bit serious. Um, but I, th- I, I mean, I really liked it. I felt like it was a really good representation of exactly what we want to do on our podcast is just show real just the, the, the honest guide to it it's not mm-hmm. it's not a dream it's 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 a reality and the reality still has the bad stuff in it and i think that's the reality is that living and working abroad um is great sometimes but also it, you still have problems i mean it's you can sit in the rain in november um looking out thinking i've got no friends and uh, and the sun isn't shining <laughs> yeah Especially if you're in lockdown. Oh yeah, lockdown. Yeah, we've done two two lockdowns. One in Lithuania. Sorry, Lithuania, but the lockdown was a little felt like about two years. And then one in Maribor again, one of our favourite cities. But Kinel. That was about two years. Yeah, that was that was so. Anyway, anyway, we're uh, we we've gabbled on too much. So let's crack on and let's go meet Pat. Let's do it. Hey, it's Al here. I just wanted to quickly let you know that uh, when I've been editing this, um, we've discovered that there was a slight lag or delay in when Leanne was talking to Pat. So you might hear some slightly awkward silences. They weren't awkward. It was just that um, Leanne was delayed slightly. So I've tried to tidy those up in editing, but it's quite difficult to do. I'm sorry. If you're going to do this, can we just acknowledge that I was the one that edited this episode? (laughs) And I was the first one I've ever done. And it was quite tricky because there was a delay. Hi, it's Leanne here from a Sideways Life podcast. Nice to have you with us. Today we have a great guest. Uh, you're going to love him. Uh, we're talking to Patrick. He is from uh, Dallas in Texas and is currently living in Seoul, South Korea, which is very cool. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast, Patrick. Thanks for having me, Leanne. How's it going, everybody? Nice to meet you. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, I know it's, it's quite late where you are now, so uh, we appreciate I'm sure you've been in work all day as well, but we'll get on to that. Um, so I guess first things first, um, what took you from Dallas, Texas to Seoul, South Korea? Yeah, so I'm actually kind of a late bloomer in life. Um, I graduated college really late in my 20s, and I kind of missed a lot of the typical American 20s life because I was so busy working, putting myself through college. So by the time I graduated at 27, I kind of decided I wasn't really ready to delve into the American rat race yet. So I said, you know what, let's move to Asia because it's better just to do it than rather think, you know, what if 
your whole life. So that, and then there was political turmoil in my country, and I was like, why not? Let's go. So why um, Korea? Yeah, a lot of people say that it was actually between South Korea, uh, Shenzhen, China, and Taiwan. But um, at the moment, well, at the time, um, financial security was my ultimate goal. And as far as teaching abroad in Asia, South Korea has the best financial package. So that is ultimately why I chose South Korea at first. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So, so you're, you teach English. That's what you do for a job out there. Yes, I'm an English teacher at a private academy. I've taught all all over all different ages all over the country in South Korea. And so and it's funny because I never really I didn't know how good of a teacher I was going to be. But six months into it, I found myself actually like loving what I was doing, because before this, I was in marketing. So I kind of had no experience with childhood development. But then all it takes is just one one hug or one teacher I love you and it's like ah okay I like this so yeah definitely it's definitely yeah worthwhile work isn't it when you can literally shaping people's lives it's pretty cool completely completely yeah so what what's the the process with that in terms of like you said it's a good financial package over in South Korea if anyone is is listening or watching who is interested in that how would they they go about it it's funny that the teaching abroad, as far as Korea goes, is has been easier. The job process is easier some, than some of the American jobs that I've had. So, um, I, to be honest, there's no um, secret websites or anything. I, I just got on Google, and there's some recruiters you can find. But to be honest, the process, you can do it alone if you want. But you definitely need um, a degree from a four-year four university and a clean criminal background, and of course a passport. And then after that, to be honest, it's the rest is yours. I mean, it's very, I am surprised how easy the process is overall. How does it work with, with visas? Does the, the school that you go to work for help you with that? Uh, or do you have to do it yourself? So yeah, that's a good question. So there's dozens of kinds of visas within South Korea. So I'm currently on an E2 visa, that is an education visa that the school sponsors you. But you can come here as a student, which is a different type of visa, or if uh, your company from your current country sends you over here. So there's different types of visas, but as far as the E2 visa to teach here, it's I think it's pretty obtainable to get. Brilliant. So how long have you, have you been in South Korea now? So I moved here fall 2017. And then I took a little break in 2019, and then I came back. And then I'm actually going home this August, sadly, because I think I think oh, four yeah. years. Yeah, I came here at 27. I'll be leaving at 31. So that's that's quite a good chunk of time. And I miss my family, and I'm a single child. So we'll talk about all that later, I'm sure. But yeah, it's just I think four years is a good enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time, especially those years. They're quite... Um, that's actually when Al and I first started traveling as well. I was that age. I was 27 when we left the UK. Um, right, yeah. yeah it's, it's a formative time, I think, you in com- terms of your adult life. You completely grow. I mean, you think 21 to 25 is a big change, but 25 to 30 mm. is, I think, an even bigger change, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. So tell us about South Korea. Al and I have never been. It looks amazing. We're obsessed with your Instagram. We're just yeah, ah, we're just you. looking at all your reels and pictures. And what's life ah. like there? I mean, was it a real culture shock when you first went there? Had you been to that part of the world yeah. before? Yeah. Uh, no. So I had traveled extensively prior to Korea, about 20 countries. But Asia, this was my first Asian country. And if I'm going to be honest, um, I was kind of a little cocky because um, I thought I had, I don't need to read those books and study prior beforehand. Maybe that was my American side coming in. But when the plane landed, I really got my my butt handed to me because I was really shocked <laughs> at like this huge contrast of Eastern culture and Western culture. And um, a lot of people come here loving K-pop and K-dramas, and that's really big right now. But to be honest, I... I didn't know much about South Korea um, and I, I kind of wanted to come in blind and I think that's the best way if you're coming here you know currently South Korea is really hot at the moment as far as their pop culture but um, if you come here with a preconceived idea of what you see in the music videos the k-dramas and whatnot um, it's gonna be I think even more shocking because you're gonna have this image in your head just like any country that maybe it won't live up to your expectations. But um, now I'm obsessed and I love this country because I think I didn't have any um, preconceived idea prior to coming here. I think that's the best way to go in anywhere. So what's the what's the best thing about living in, in Seoul? Uh, gosh, this is the most convenient country. I mean, the inter- it's the fastest internet in the world, I think. The healthcare is amazing. They have this thing called Bali Bali culture, which just means everything's so fast. The shipping, the internet speeds, the driving, the tra- public transportation, the doctor's office. I can go into the doctor, I can walk in, and five minutes later, I could get my medicine and I'm about my business. Yeah. Like every, in every aspect, it's so fast. So that's one of, I think my number one greatest. There's no small chat, there's just, Let's go, let's go, let's go. Bali, bali, bali. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, I long for that, that type of convenience. Right. We miss, that's what we miss most about the UK. Right. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I went back to America, although I love our little, like, friendly gestures, I go to the cashier. She's like, did you find everything okay? I'm like, yep, yep. And she's like, so, what do you think of the weather? I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, now I'm so used to like, <laughs> South Korean culture, even though they're so nice, they mean well, but I got to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got things yeah. to do. Really, really. Mm. And how about how about being a, um, a a teacher there? What's that experience like? Do you teach in a, do you say it's an international school or a private school? So they had, yeah, that's a good question. So they do have, so there's public schools, which is, um, there's mm. a program through the government. You can get that through. Then there's international schools schools which those are usually reserved for people who mastered in like education or they've been here and they know how to network and then there's where i am it's called a hagwan which is a private academy which is uh for the most part it's a nine to five job with ages from four to seven and so i'm currently teaching six year olds Hmm. i think that's my niche spot um i've taught seven and i taught five five is a little bit they're a little too um uh, not fully developed yet because I, I like to play with them and dance and have fun but six is, is I think a perfect age for me 
because we're always dancing mm. and I like to be able to talk to them. So six is good. Mm. Yeah. And I was seeing on your, I saw on your Instagram as well that there is a teacher's day. Is that a, is that a Korean thing? Is it a... I think it's a, maybe a, some other countries have it. We certainly don't have it back in the States, but yeah, once a year. So there's a, there's a, of course, there's a Mother's Day, a Parents Day. There's a Parents Day, I'm sorry, where you celebrate both parents. And then there's a Grandparents Day. And then I think a week after those holidays is Teacher's Day. And it's basically you just a Teacher Appreciation Day. So I was, this year, I was showered with gifts, which that was a first, because some schools are pretty strict on the rules of like what you can send and whatnot. But I'm sure you saw mm -hmm. I got like 10 Starbucks gift cards. So I'm like good for the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that caffeine fix is, is yeah, good yeah. to go. <laughs> I'll take it. And what are the, I mean, what are the challenges of, of being an expat in, in South Korea, either work-wise or personally? Um, without getting too much into it, I, the Korean work culture is vastly different. Um, of course, as much as I love Bali Bali culture, the fast paced culture, that's definitely a part of the work culture and not always sometimes in the best way. And then of course the, you know, the language barrier sometimes, mm -hmm. and then just different, completely different mindsets between Western and Eastern culture, as far as the way to approach task and goals sometimes. So Sometimes there's a little um, just language barriers and cultural differences. I think that's the most difficult part for anybody to adjust mm -hmm. coming here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you were able to give us an, an example perhaps of something that you found particularly challenging? <laughs> um, so I'm very big on planning and um, mm -hmm. in Korean work culture, they, they push it to the absolutely last minute and I'm talking like 10 minutes before and <laughs> it happens and you're like, but didn't we have five months to figure this out? <laughs> and yeah, that's been the, I've, I've shown up to schools uh, one day, I showed up to school, it was like eight of, 8.05, I was supposed to be there at eight o'clock and all these kids are like running to the school, the, the school bus. And I'm like, what is happening? She's like, we have a field trip today. And I'm like, so nobody said anything. Okay. So just like last minute things like that. That. So in terms of, of living in, in South Korea, how do you spend your, your social time? Okay. So it's funny. I, prior to Seoul, I was kind of in the countryside of the country, about four hours down the country. I, I decided to pick a little small town. I didn't want to pick Seoul at first because I'm from the middle of Texas. And I've always, my dream was to always live near the ocean. I've always wanted to just look at the ocean every day. So I picked a little small community down in the country and I had the most peaceful life. I walked along the ocean every day. I went out like maybe once a month. I just drink coffee. I would go on picnics. Then when I came to Seoul mm -hmm. there, do you know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out? Yeah. That mm -hmm. is something I never thought I, I, I never thought I would have that because I think I, th I like to think I'm pretty headstrong. But if it's like just this past weekend, the weather was beautiful and I was just relaxing and I was like, that museum just opened. I need to go see it. And then I need to have coffee with Brenda. And then there's a new restaurant. And it's like there's so much to do in the city that 
I get like anxiety if I just sit in my bed because this is such an exciting city that there's, I mean, literally every weekend there's something to do. So that's something, one mm. of my favorite things about Korea. Going back to, to the U.S., how, do you, how are you feeling about that? That's, I think, the million-dollar question. Every day, that is my, my, in the shower, I'm thinking about it on the way, on the way to work. I think my biggest question is, I'm not actually worried about uh, which job or anything logistically. I think I'm worried about, am I going to be happy? Because I've built such an incredible life here in South Korea, abroad. And I'm sure you know, I mean, once you live abroad, it's just, can you imagine going back like to your life previously? So that's, that's the question I mm. think about a lot. So I don't know if it's a permanent move, but... Um, I definitely want to be home at least through the holidays and then, you know, South Korea is always here or a new country is China. I don't know. That's the beauty of uh, mm -hmm. being an expat. The world is yours. Absolutely. So, I mean, what you said that, you know, you didn't want to get into the, into the rat race so, so young. Where did that drive come from? I guess I started working at 15 and my parents didn't go to college. So... I've always just seen my dad hustle and work, come home at midnight. So I think um, I've always imagined a life bigger than what I've been introduced to. Um, so I've always envisioned like this really cool life abroad. And I, I don't know where it came from, but it, the, the, the hustle definitely came from starting work early and always helping around the house. and. I think when you have to put yourself through college as an American financially and you have to wait tables and, you know, I have scars from like waiting tables, um, you definitely build a good appreciation for life and you know the things that you mm -hmm. deserve and you don't take anything for granted. So that's why I'm so, I think I'm so happy and blessed to live here because I know what it's like to not be um, financially secure. So. I'm very grateful for mm -hmm. that. And what would you say to anybody out there who's listening and thinking, oh, man, I want that life? You know, if, you, if you're listening, I'm, I'm literally just a regular guy from Texas, and you can truly curate the life that you want. And I know it's hard. I know, what, six years ago, I was living on a couch, on unemployment, on food stamps, and I, I was a college dropout, so I guess I didn't know how to dream at that time. But then one day it just hit me, and I was like, "This, you know, this can't be your life. You, you are in control, and you are fully, you are the artist in your own painting. You can fully create the life that you want." So, from being a college dropout to having this really cool life in Korea, I mean. I'm definitely an example, and if you're watching and you dream of just living abroad, um, it's definitely possible. So, yeah. Fantastic. And I love that about your, your Instagram as well, Patrick, is that you, you talk very openly about, about your life and your experiences. I, I saw that you did um, quite a few um, reels and, and stories around Mental Health Awareness Week, which is a cause close to my heart as a, as a psychologist. Um, where does that come from? Is it just wanting to, like you say, to give other people hope or share your experiences? What's your, your kind of your vision with that? 
Korea is so advanced in many ways, but unfortunately, mental health is not um, one of them. And they are so far behind as far as mental health and a lot of social issues. Um, so when I came here and I saw the preconceived ideas of you're sick, they say you're sick if you're depressed or you're sick if they think you need to go to hospital if you mention you have anxiety, like, and I was like, oh no, this is not going to work. So a lot of expats come here and they're conditioned to this kind of thinking if they go to the doctor or the pharmacist. And I just, I, I've been openly talking about my mental health on Instagram because I, I don't know what people see online, but I just want them to know you can have high functioning anxiety or you can live this really cool, fancy life, but also come home and cry <laughs> like, or yeah, I look happy in my videos and I'm dancing, but you know, I come home and maybe some weeks I'm depressed. Um, so if that can help in any way, which it did for a lot of people, I got a lot of private messages. Um, then that my job is done, you know, we need to break the, the idea of, especially in Korea, of mental health just meaning that you're weak or sick because that's, that's not true at all. It's just, it's a, it's a myriad of reasons, a chemical imbalance or sometimes you're just going through it. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Definitely. And how do you, how do you manage your, your own mental health when you're in a, a culture that looks at it in, in that way? Um, so I'm pretty good. I, I think I'm not dependent on medication and any of anything like that, but it's there if I need it. Um, and definitely therapy. Uh, there's better help. I don't use a lot, but that's a resource I've used in the past. But I myself, I'm, I'm able to manage it via I love dancing. So there's a, the cool thing about Korea is you can there's so many um, academies anything you can think a painting academy dancing uh coding anyways so i go to a dance academy and just i let it all i let it all there and when i leave the <laughs> dance studio i'm just like, like i took a xanax and i'm just like oh my god I needed that. you know and it's, it's interesting isn't it how are the how are the coaches and, and countries respond to to mental health but i think it's great that one you you know you're providing that inspiration to to people watching you and 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 practical as well you know they said those those coping mechanisms that, mm. that work well for you it's often just finding the the right ones isn't it when i first got mm. here there was a really big uh, suicide for a, mm. a k-pop member so that was my, my first introduction to the country and even mm. though i did not know this artist or um the genre of music that well I knew that it was a it's a it was a problem in the music industry here or the entertainment industry and so for me to come arrive new to Korea and see this headline and to see the response to it um, it really planted a seed of how behind mental health in Korea is so I think that's why I've always mm -hmm. tried to overcome it by being stronger than I would normally because it's very easy without friends and family and mental health resources mm -hmm. in person to go into that really dark deep hole of um and maybe not being able to come out of yeah 
Yeah, and I think you, you hit a really good point there, is that, which I'd love to talk to you about, is about a family and, and friends and having that social support network. That's thing, something that we've, we've probably found the most difficult aspect of our expat and travelling lives is especially if you're moving on a lot right. or you know it can be hard to do that which is why you know as I I want to talk about about work about traveling about community so how have you found your community yet again when you live in Seoul versus the countryside it's it's almost completely two different Koreas so when I lived in the countryside there's only 40 expats and you become this family of some sort not everyone gets along but you are family and you still show up to those holiday dinners and just like a family there's going to be some drama there's going to be some fighting in the corner but there is love there and initially that i was able to find a community that way um but when you move to seoul i mean i went from a hundred thousand people to 20 million people and we're all spread out across the city so it is extremely harder to find um a community in a mega city of some sort but actually social media and Seoul well Korea expats are really good at making niche Facebook groups so there's a women's Facebook group there's a people of color Facebook group there's a volleyball Facebook group so there's all these different little um, social areas and where you can connect to people like you so I will say Korea ex- mm-hmm. Korean expats in Korea are very good at uh, creating a social media to connect. Yeah, I think Facebook is a is a good resource for it, isn't it? As much as a platform we don't really use much, it is where we tend to find like different groups for people. That's true. Yeah, and there's also mm-hmm. there's always events going on within. Uh, just walking by, you can see some foreigners, and you're like, "What's going on?" And they're making like a pottery, and then you just say hello. You know, yeah. There's always stuff going on. Do you think that's part of it as well as just putting yourself out there and, you say, joining in when you see something that's that's happening? Oh, I mean, number one. Yeah, I actually, I, I just did, like, an hour ago, I just did a TikTok about how to make friends abroad. Because, um, yeah, you don't, I mean, 99% of people probably don't know anybody in Korea. I certainly didn't. So, but you have to be able to put yourself out there. I think, yeah, number one, and you have to let go of that fear of, if are they going to like me? Are they going to think I'm weird? Because we're all thinking that, you know, I have a friend circle, but even when I still meet new people, I'm just like, oh, I still have this fear of like what they, am I annoying? Am I too loud? But I'm, we're all thinking the same thing. So mm-hmm. you just have to let go of that fear and you you moved across the world to Asia. So you're definitely capable of doing it. It's a really good way to look at it. You've already made, yeah, one one huge strong decision. So yeah, you got this. Yeah, you got this. Absolutely. So I mean, what does your family think about about this? You said you're an only child. Your, I mean, is it your who you've got family in your life, and and what do they what do they think of it all? Mm. So I'm really close with my family. Um, initially, it wasn't the greatest. Uh, response but after the first year and after some things that happened in my country uh they realized i was pretty safe and i think they saw my happiness through just 
they saw a new smile. I looked a little brighter. My There was a little twinkle in my eye because I was, you know, prior to moving here, I was hustling through college and I was work, waiting tables. But now that, you know, I have this amazing job and I'm financially free, I think they see how happy it makes me. And for them, it, I think they're, they're able to sleep better knowing that I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. happy. And they've actually retired since I moved here. So we're all just doing our own thing. So my folks are in Florida retired. I'm here in Korea. So all is good. Thank God. So how, I mean, I know we kind of talked about this already, how you feel about going back, but you know, you you said you left Mm. because of the the political situation, you're going back now. Is there there a bit of a renewed Mm. sense of of hope in the minute in the the States? I mean, what's the the feeling you're getting? Um, So actually I was supposed to go home um, January 2019, and at that point, um, COVID was already only in uh, sorry, COVID was in Wuhan, and I think Korea only had two cases left. So something in me mm-hmm. was like, maybe extend your contract because at that point it hadn't hit Korea yet. And then it hit Korea, and I already signed my contract, and I was like, uh oh. But then so I had a feeling it was going to hit the U.S. But then we all know how that story went. And so looking back, so considering I was supposed to go home a year and a half late, a year and a half ago into now, um, I think by the time I get home in August, um, I mean, it's it's not as, I don't know what to think, but it will be better than a year and a half ago for sure. But it's, Mm. I mean, we have so much work to do. So do I have home? It's there. Um, I definitely see the the foundation of what my country can be as far as if we get some of this legislation through. Um, I think we we have an opportunity to be a really great, awesome country, but there's so much work to be that needs to be done. So, but I want to be there. I want to be a part of it. That's another reason I'm moving back. I want to be mm-hmm. a part of the new movement. So, whatever that entails. Let's see. And I have just a couple more things to, to ask you. One, tell me about your TikTok because your numbers are going up and up and up and up and up. Easy. So uh, TikTok real quick. True story. A year ago, um, I, as most millennials, I downloaded TikTok not knowing what it was. And I was walking around Seoul when this is when um, the school was closed. And there's this really cool area of Seoul and... I saw this amazing house with this beautiful gate and it didn't say don't enter. Um, The door was actually open. So I opened the door and I walk around and I'm like, this is the most amazing house I've ever seen. It was like a Western house and the architecture was really, really cool. And I'm like, I record it and then I go to sleep. I wake up and the video has 300,000 views. And it's been shared, oh I don't even know how many times. And somebody said, oh my God, you are at the Blackpink house. And I'm like, and I don't know if you know Blackpink, but they're like one of the big, the biggest. It's probably it's K-pop the only K-pop group. band that I do know. And I was like, okay, well, there you go. I was at Blackpink's house. Obviously they had moved out, but I didn't know. I just walked in. So yeah, it was, so they, they had moved out like, I think a year before that, but the property was still open for some reason. I don't know. 
So, yeah, it, within one week, I got like 25,000 followers on TikTok, which was insane. Um, and then things calmed down. And then earlier this year, um, I decided to start giving foreigners the news about COVID because there's almost no information as far as foreigners living here. Because I saw there there was a need for like foreigners, like what's happening, what's with the vaccines. So I started green screening like Korean articles and I would put them in the back and I would talk mm -hmm. over them. And I got like 10,000 followers just from that. And yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, TikTok is, it's insane. I, I don't know. Cool. And I have okay, one definitely. last question, which is a very personal question. What was it like meeting Naomi and Kim Chi from Drag Race? Because I'm very jealous. Ah, how did you know that? I think it's on your Instagram. That was a long time ago. Oh my gosh. Okay, that was insane because I was gonna go to their show, but it was it sold out like that. That's a, another bad thing about Korea. Everything sells out. Everything sells out in like under a minute, whether it's Cats or Wicked or RuPaul's Drag Race. Anyways, I was gonna go, sold out. So I'm walking along, actually the area where Blackpink was. Um, mm -hmm. I was walking along the street and I see this beautiful, tall, tan-skinned man and a Korean man next to him. And I was like, hold on. And I said, Naomi? And Naomi turns around like a glamazon. And she's <laughs> next to him. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, Naomi, I was going to go to your... And I, actually, I didn't fangirl. Like, I thought I was going to. Um, I was really calm. I was surprised. I was shaking, though. Okay. And I was like, I was going to go to your show, but it sold out. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then she said, I like your shoes. And I was like, oh, my God. And then... The, then they went to like a cat. Oh no, they went to like a raccoon cafe, I think. And I took a picture, and yeah, that What's was a crazy. raccoon cafe. Yeah. That's a thing in Korea. There's like animal cafes, but I'm anti-animal endangered. <laughs> but there's like raccoon cafes and cat cafes, sheep cafes. You go there, and there's um area to pet like animals and stuff. It's huh. a really really big thing in Korea. I haven't been. I get too emotional about animals, so, yeah. But so, sorry, I stopped your story. So you're at the Raccoon oh. Cafe. Oh, no, that's it. I No, they, I was walking outside, and I saw Naomi and Kimchi <sighs> in, in their male version. And uh, mm -hmm. I just said hello. And Oh, and I, oh, I was saying that I've met celebrities um, just by walking the street. There's They are Korean celebrities, but... It's crazy, as big as the city is, you can just walk um, in the most random place. And just last week, I ran into a, a very, very, very famous Korean um, idol named Rain. Maybe your viewers know him. And um, that was a really big deal. But I didn't say hi or anything. But it's just crazy just walking along, and you could be next to BTS, and you don't even know it. That's Korea, you know. Finally, wrap it, wrap it up, Patrick. I mean, Let's what's try. the, what does the future okay. look like for you? What do you hope to, hope to achieve over the next twelve months or so? And the future is, I, I have been inspired by my recent growth on social media to turn this into a business. Um, 
So just like you, maybe starting a podcast, definitely getting a website up and running, taking YouTube more seriously. And I have some small businesses, small business idea that I want to implement back in my own country. There's there's so many cute, kitschy Korean ideas that I think if they were hit, if they were to hit the United States, they would blow up. And I I definitely want to be a part of that movement because um. You know, Korean culture is really hot at the moment. So if I can somehow implement some of those ideas back home, that'd be awesome. And um, continue growth and continue to find self-love and stay positive and uh, keep on growing mentally, physically, financially, and emotionally. <laughs> Brilliant. And if our, our listeners and our viewers want to, want to find you on social media, where will they, they find you? So they can find me on YouTube at the Expat Pat, TikTok the Expat Pat, and Instagram the Expat Pat T H E E X P A T P A T, and those are my three main handles. Brilliant! Thank you so much for for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, yeah, everyone, go and go and follow Patrick on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, it's amazing content. You're you'll love it so yeah thanks so much again patrick it's great speaking to you and um yeah hopefully maybe one day we'll meet somewhere up in the world i would love that let's do it i'll show you all around thank you so much for reaching out and it really means a lot oh you're welcome it's been a real pleasure a real pleasure what lovely guy i had such a nice time speaking with him yeah, he, re- he really comes across as such a nice, genuine kind of person. Mm-hmm. That was wild, wasn't it? How just overnight he had 300,000 views, 25,000 followers. Just crazy. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big thing he stumbled across, like, mm-hmm. but still, amazing. It's cool. it's cool. I also really like the fact that he come, came from relatively humble beginnings. I mean, a yeah. lot of people think they have to be millionaires um, to go and live and work abroad or go and travel. And the fact is that you can have a millionaire lifestyle without being a millionaire. Yeah, but I think the point as well is that he grafted, you know, he said he had a job since he was 15. He mm. put himself through college. You know, he wasn't in the in the great place in, in terms of being unemployed and on food stamps. And and he he still managed to make the dream come true. Mm. Even though he said the dream that he didn't even, he wasn't ready to have. But and I think that's the thing, you know, it's not always about having all your savings in the bank ready to go or, you know, going down a certain career path, although those things are obviously helpful. I think if ultimately, if you have that drive, there are, there are many ways to make it happen. And and Pat is a a perfect example of that. One of the key things out there was the raising awareness for mental health. I thought that was really cool. Um, and how honest he was as well about it. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm sure that most travellers, longer term travellers, um, will come up against. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Mental health is something that we need to manage, whether we're expats or whether we're living in our home country. Um, and, and that doesn't go away when you, you move abroad. It, it very much comes with you and at certain times can come with you a bit stronger. So I think what I really liked about it, there's one that he's raising awareness, um, particularly in, in a country that isn't currently looking at mental health in a similar way that the other Western countries are. Um and also that he's very honest about sharing his own coping mechanisms. And if that helps somebody else to find their coping mechanism, that's that's amazing. And I think um, what, I, what I really liked about that conversation was just the honesty around mental health. Um, it's important. 
we don't want to discourage people from living and working abroad. Absolutely not. We want to inspire people to do it because we love this life. But it would be irresponsible of us to pretend that it's all rainbows and butterflies. Lovely. Talking of rainbows and butterflies, did you fangirl over something? Oh, the drag race thing. Yeah, I probably should have said in the intro, actually, like if you're not into drag race, probably just ignore the last five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. I do. I miss things like that as well. Being aboard is being able to go to gigs and shows and stuff like that. It's, um, yeah. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. So if people want to find Expat Pat, where can they find them? Um, I think he summed up really well, didn't he? It's Expat Pat on YouTube, Expat Pat on TikTok, and Expat Pat on Instagram. Brilliant. So go and give him a follow and maybe just drop him a message and say, hey, we heard you on the Sideways Life podcast. Yeah, and that was cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Speaking well, of, of of maybe getting in touch, Al, do you want to tell the, uh, the lovely listeners about our exciting little new thing we've got going on now? Well, we've just set up a Facebook group. Um, and it is for guests and listeners of this podcast. Now, I don't, I haven't seen this done before. But yes, yeah, so all of our guests are in there, or they're, they're coming. We're, um, we're just going through the process of getting back in touch with everybody now and inviting them to the group. So hopefully by the time you find it, all the guests you've listened to so far will be in there, ready and waiting for any questions and connections and whatever else. Um, but you can't just waltz into the group, Al, can you? No, you cannot. It's not for everyone. It's only for people like you who listen to the very end of this. People like you, Jeff. Yeah, hello, Jeff. And you, Linda. Hey, Linda. So if you're interested in meeting our guests, um, virtually, of course, then go head over to Facebook and type in a Sideways Life. You're looking for the group. Um, you can also, if you're nerdy like me, you'll go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a Sideways Life. And the password you're looking for is Leanne avocado that's what you need to type in when they say when they say what's the password well when they when you when you join the group it'll say what's the password and it'll be avocado avocado and of course those people who haven't listened to the end like you they're not going to know anything about this and if they did they won't know the password <laughs> evil laugh bye for now oh are we, are we finishing there oh, bye <laughs>